All right, so let's go to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 14 tonight. Judges chapter 14. So last week we looked at Judges 13. We looked at the beginning of the life of Samson. We looked at his Nazarite vow. We looked at what God had planned for him. And we look at, we know the story of Samson. We'll go through the step by step. But we look at his life and oh, how God could have used Samson. God did use him in spite of himself, it seems, as we go through this series. And uh, Samson is a interesting character for sure. A paradox of a man. Uh, Matthew Henry says that of him. A paradox of a man endowed with so much spiritual might, yet he lives so much by his own fleshly whims. And that is what we begin to see here in Judges chapter 14. Now, if we could stand together out of respect for the ring of the Word of God, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4, and I'm taking my coat off tonight, all right? It's, we have a broken air conditioner, I have an excuse, right? All right, Judges chapter 14, beginning in verse number 1, and Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Let's pray. Dear Father, I pray that you will bless our time together in your word, and I pray that we would learn so much from this passage. And Lord, in Scripture there are examples of what we should do, also examples of what we should not do. And Lord, I pray tonight that our eyes would be opened to see how important your boundaries are, and the Lord, I pray that we would not walk the line as Samson does here in our passage tonight. I pray, Lord, that you will bless our time together. I pray that you give me wisdom and the word to speak tonight. Speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Walking the line is a next installment in our series here. We started last week. And, oh, hold on a second, got the wrong. Let's go on, we preach Sunday night message over again. No, we can do that. All right, here we go. So what we see here is something that we have to understand, uh, especially when we look at the situation, we see what he's desiring. He goes down to Timnath, by the way, had no business being in the land of the Philistines, or state that there first. But he goes down there and he finds a woman of the daughters of the Philistines uh, to marry her and goes back to his parents and asks them to arrange the marriage, as was customary to pay the dowry and so on. Uh, but something that we see here, that what goes on, we look at this and we can see that Samson is 100% doing the wrong thing. But then we come to the verse right here uh, in verse 4, that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. Now, there's a lot of interpretation of this, but the best way we can look at this passage, and we're going to break it down here in a minute, is that this is not the rule that we as Christians should follow. 
There are times that God had people do things in the Bible that were not the rule, but that were for a special purpose. And this what this one falls into that category. We can't look at Samson's life. That's right. I need to go into the world and find someone to marry. Uh, we see that with, um, oh, I'm the prophet here, it's Hosea. Hosea, and they'll go to uh, and take a harlot to wife and constantly going back and forth, had a broken home and a disastrous relationship, but that was for a purpose. God wanted to use it as an illustration of what was going on between Israel's relationship with him and how God wanted Hosea to be able to express how Israel was making God feel. If you think about that for a minute, it's important for us to understand that our faithfulness to God does, have, whether we are faithful or not, affects God. Amen. It affects his heart. It is not, well, you know, God, it doesn't affect him at all. It does, it matters to him, our relationship with him on a personal level. Yet he is so great, yet he is interested on a personal level with our relationship with him. So number one tonight, as we're taking notes, not the rule, not the rules. That's what we're going to look at tonight. We need to look at this example and not emulate it. God used a situation, but there are paradoxes here that we do not fully understand. Now, we know that it was an occasion of the Lord, but we know that he wanted to seek an occasion against the Philistines, and we don't know if God told him to uh, find an occasion against the Philistines, but perhaps didn't tell him to do it this way. Because if you notice something in the pattern of Samson's life, he had the pattern of doing the right thing the wrong way. And that is the pattern that he had. But this is an important phrase here. We see the desire of Samson to find a wife of the Philistines. And we know from verse number four, he wanted it, God wanted to use it to uh, cause the defeat of the Philistines. Uh, and we knew that God foresaw what this woman's father would do. We're not going to get into that tonight, uh, but that this there was a breaking of the con marriage contract here, and uh, there was Samson had revenge upon it. But we look at what was going on in spite of Samson's, it would seem, fleshly desires at times, God still used him. Uh, Stamson wanted to use this as an occasion to trap the Philistines, it would seem, because we see here the word he in verse 4 is speaking of that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, that's Samson. And so we don't fully understand this. So we see that he desired his parents to go and to, uh, saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Verse 2, he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Now we see the protest of Samson's parents, and rightfully so. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, if you would. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 2 through 3. God had given an instruction not to marry the heathen of the land. When this was given, when they were going to the promised land, we know the Philistines inhabited the western part of the nation along the sea for only five major cities, but God had left them there, we learned from Judges chapter 3, in order to try the children of Israel, to prove them, and if they had disobeyed and walked away from God, as they had again, Remember, Samson is the last of the 12 judges that are recorded in the book of Judges. And there had been this cycle. A judge would righteously judge. We know Gideon uh, was one of those judges. But we know that these judges are not perfect. You know, Gideon wasn't perfect, was he? Uh, we see uh, throughout uh, that Gideon was a polygamist, okay, when different things like that. He didn't do everything correctly. Uh, but we see here 
In Deuteronomy 7, verses 2 and 3, And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor shew mercy unto them. Talking about the Canaanites. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter shalt thou not give unto a son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. The purpose being to keep them from idolatry. This was correct for his parents to do. So wait a minute, Samson, you're not supposed to be marrying a Philistine. You're supposed to be marrying an Israelite. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And that was the command of God. This was correct for them to do. They weren't trying to make Samson's life miserable. They were trying to protect Samson to make sure he's in alignment with the commands of God. But knowing God's special calling on Samson's life, it would seem that they trusted him when he gave them the response. Uh, We see at the end of verse number three, "And, uh, and Samson said unto his father, after the protest, get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. So we see the protest of Samson's parents, and here's the explanation. She pleaseth me well, reading a commentary, uh, another way you could say that, she is right in mine eyes. She is right to me in mine eyes. Now, remember the memory verse we just quoted, right? The repeat, by the way, that verse and that phrase is repeated all through the book of Judges. Every man did that which was what? Right in his own eyes. So do you think the culture had rummed off on Samson a little bit? It would appear so. And most certainly had. And it appeared right to him. So we don't know from verse number four if God had in mind exactly what Samson had in mind to do. We can't say that definitively, but we do see that he sought for an occasion against the Philistines. God had told him that much, but whether or not to go about it this way, we don't know 100%. Amen? Because some people say, well, this was right for him to do. It's never right to break God's law, and God is not going to instruct Samson to break his own law. Amen? Because we have to look at that. Some people, I've heard preachers get up and say, well, he didn't do anything wrong here. She did wrong. But at the same time, he was going doing the right thing, what? The wrong way. We have to make sure that we're careful in that. So we see, now, Verse 7, and then this is a great lesson for us. I love this quote from Matthew Henry as I was reading through this. He said this, He that in the choice of a wife... Now, so, uh, far, before we do that, go down to verse number 7. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. Okay? So this is what Matthew Henry said. He that in the choice of a wife, or vice versa, is guided only by his eye and governed by his fancy must afterwards thank himself if he find a Philistine in his arms. Amen. That's plain right there. I'll read that again. Let's just soak that in for a second. He that in the choice... Young people, you listening? All right. He that in the choice of a wife or husband is guided only by his eye. You know what's terrible today? I actually feel compelled I have to explain that. Amen. You know, this, you, I have to feel like I have to explain that, making sure, you know, man with a man, man with a woman, woman with a man. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Now, I feel like I have to explain that because people don't understand that today. It's sad. It's sad that we have to explain that. Anyway, here we go. He that in the choice of a wife is guided only by his eye and governed by his fancy, his flesh, must afterwards thank, don't blame God. Don't blame, well, Well, don't blame her or him. Don't blame mom and dad. Must afterwards thank himself 
if we find a Philistine in his arms, or her arms, vice versa. Young people, take that one, file that one away, and live by that one. Amen? Because, oh, well, she's pretty, or he's handsome, or this or that, or they make me feel nice. And no, there needs to be a spiritual element. Is this the will of God? Amen? And mom and dad, you have a role in that. We see Samson's parents had a role in this, of whether this was right or wrong in the eyes of God. But at the end of the day, he was a man. He could make his choice. And also we see that Samson disregarded his parents' instruction. So we see this was the only, um, and that by the way, this was, she pleaseth me well. This was his only explanation, and it is a poor one. And a mighty spiritual man, and yet a fleshly man at the same time. Amazing paradox. Well, that is not the end of the story. So first we see, first, not the rule. Second, not the place. So let's continue on going down. Verse number um, four, or verse five. But when Samson went down and his father and his mother to Timnath. Okay, so they were traveling together. They were going to establish the marriage covenant as was customary in the Middle East at that day. And it's still to some degree still today. To go and to pay the dowry and establish a marriage contract. Uh, that they were traveling together. Now, you will see his parents, for somewhere along the way, Samson goes a different way. I don't know if he was traveling at a different time, but we know that his parents weren't there for this particular part. And that Samson decides to take a shortcut, if you will. It was shorter to go the way that he was going. Because you see, he goes back this way later on. And we see that he is in a place he's not supposed to be in. Okay, first he was going to the, to the land of the Philistines, which are where he's not supposed to be. But then, verse 5, to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. Now let's pause for a moment. Not only is he in the land of the Philistines, now he's in the vineyard. Let's, is there a problem with him being in a vineyard? Absolutely. Well, let's go back to Numbers chapter 6. Let's go back to Numbers chapter 6. Let's review of what the vow of a Nazarite meant. Now, Numbers chapter 6. Now, in Numbers chapter 6, does it say that he cannot physically be in a vineyard? It doesn't. But should he be near the temptation to eat grapes? Because the vow of a Nazarite, he couldn't have grapes. He couldn't even uh, be around the vine or the husks of it, as we see here. Number six, verses three and four. He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes nor eat moist grapes, so that is fresh or dried or raisin. Can't have raisins, which are very common in the Middle East. All the days of separation shall eat nothing that is made of the vine tree from the kernels even to the husk. He said, so that he shouldn't be there. Not, it's not only the grapes, but even the vine, all of that. He shouldn't be there. He should not be in that place. He had no business being in that place. And this is evidenced by a later verse. When we, he, we see here, let's look here. Verse number five. And behold, a lion roared against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he ran him as he would have ran a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he here it is, he told not his father or his mother what he had done. Why? He would have to tell them that he was in the vineyard where he wasn't supposed to be. Sounds like a teenager. 
right? All right? Or I'd just be honest, as any adult can be that way too. But hey, you know, didn't tell his parents because, and by the way, why weren't his parents with him? Maybe they said, Samson, you shouldn't be going that way. We're not going to go that way. They weren't under Nazarite Valley. You didn't find them in the vineyard. Amen. They're good parents. They didn't want to get their son close to something that might hurt him. So we see there, it's like, well, we look at this like, wow, the Spirit of God came upon him. We focus on, he killed a lion. That's amazing. Hold on a second. Let's time out for a second. Let's examine this. Isn't that just like the devil? Let's remember 1 Peter 5, 8. Your adversary, the devil, walked about, roareth as what? Lion. And walking about, seeking whom he may who? Devour. So we see a young lion, a ferocious lion, a lion of the, of the most ferocious and strongest sort, a young lion. This wasn't an old one. This wasn't a baby one. This thing was out to eat him and out to kill him. Why would he run across a lion in a vineyard? Because he was where he wasn't supposed to be. This is a picture of the devil. The devil is always going to come attacking when you're not in the place you're supposed to be at. Here's a great picture. And the Spirit of God came upon him to defend Samson. Yes, Samson won the victory. Amen. God is gracious and merciful to give us spiritual deliverance when we're in the wrong place at the wrong time, when we're not supposed to be there. Amen. God is still merciful and delivers Samson. But instead of coming to his parents, oh, Mom and Dad, you won't believe what happened. God used me and delivered me out of the hand of the lion. Where were you? Where did this happen? Oh, you know why you couldn't say anything? You know, if you went, you know, Micah, Benjamin, you know, if you guys killed a lion with your bare hands, I think you would tell your mom and dad, I think. Mom and Dad, the miracle happened. I killed a lion. Right? I mean, even though we know, well, he is such a, he was such a spiritually impious man, he didn't want to brag. Well, we see later on that he was fine with the bragging. It wasn't that. He would have to tell his parents where he had been. And he wasn't supposed to be in that place. What do we see a pattern of here? Samson is walking the line. Well, I'm in the vineyard, but he didn't touch the grape. He didn't eat the grapes. He didn't do anything wrong in the vineyard. But should he been in the vineyard? No. He was not, he was fine with not being above reproach. Samson walking the line. God was merciful to him. By the way, Samson's walking the line. This pattern of behavior was his ultimate downfall as we go through this story, these, these accounts. Because you'll see his line walking gets closer and closer and closer. It started with just going down to the Philistines, who were the mortal enemies of Israel, and God had prophesied and told his mother and father that he was the one to begin to deliver Israel from the Philistines. So why was he down there? Just checking things out, just wandering around, you know. Then he goes, and well, the best way to do this is to marry a Philistine woman, to go about getting them mad. Making bad decisions. 
So then that goes down to the third part, not the appropriate action. So we see Samson later. So we need to know verse 7. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time, he returned to take her. So this, the marriage contract time had taken place. So we don't know how long, several weeks probably. Uh, it takes a little bit of time for... Uh, for bees to build a hive and something. So we see this. And after a time he returned to take her and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. So more than likely this was the bones, bleach bones of the lion and that uh, it was still a dead body. Now let's pause for a Was there a problem with him being near a dead animal? Oh yes, there was very much so. And we see, verse 9, he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and he gave them and they did eat. But here the word but again, he told them not, not them, what he had, what, that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Why? They would have had a problem with that. Just like they would have had a problem with him being in the vineyard. By the way, where is he again where he should not be? In the vineyard. Why, do you th- why are these things happening? Is it possible the devil is trying to get Samson to fall and break his Nazarite vow so he cannot deliver Israel? Absolutely, yes. And he's falling into the trap every single time. And it seems that as he was eating it and he was walking away, it sees that I am invincible. That happens to lesser people, but me, it doesn't happen to me. Too many times you think, well, I'm, I'm stronger than that. Oh, then stronger than the strongest man in the Bible, who's Samson. Oh, I'm wiser than that. I can get away with it. Then you're wiser than Solomon, who had 700 wives and ended up wor- worshiping false gods. You're wiser than him, the wisest man to ever walk the earth besides Jesus Christ. Like, well, I, I can do things better than that. Oh, then better than Adam, the, mo- the most perfect man that ever walked the face of the earth, yet he sinned. Oh, let's not think that we're better than those people. We, oh, I'm better than this. I'm smarter than that, than sm- the smartest man in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, who made the mistake, but then God straightened him out. Amen. All of those things. We can't say, well, I'm different. The smartest, the most perfect, the strongest, the wisest. Yet they all fell. Why? They trusted in their own understanding. They trusted in their own way. They did that which was what? Right in their own eyes. So that's why we need to look at things not through our own eyes, but through the lens of the Bible, God's word. Every time we need to go through the lens. And guess what? Samson's parents were doing that. They're saying, Samson, you can't do this. Numbers chapter 6, this is what we've been taught. The Torah says you shouldn't be marrying, marrying a Philistine. And if he had told his parents he had been in the vineyard, Samson, you're a Nazarite. You shouldn't be in the vineyard. So we see number 6, 6 talks about not coming around any dead bodies to the point that they couldn't even bury their own parents or be around their own parents when they died. Otherwise, they would break their vow. He could not be around any dead bodies. Once again, he did not tell his parents where he had gotten honey. Can I just, I'm going to camp here for a second. If they were doing something as teenagers, children, young adults, that you can't tell your parents you're doing the wrong thing. 
You can't tell mom and dad where you've been. You can't tell your mom and dad who you're talking to. You can't tell your mom and dad where you've been on the internet. You can't tell your mom and dad what you're listening to in your car. You can't tell your mom and dad this or that. You're doing the wrong thing. Don't be like Samson because Samson, if he had just been honest, I shouldn't be doing it. But he knew he was doing wrong. Don't you think from the smallest child, his mother taught him, Samson, you can't have grapes. I'm sure he's toddling around at two years old. He wants to have a grape. And he said, no, no, you can't have that, Samson. God has a special calling on your life. You can't do that. Oh, and he's toddling around. He wanted to go to the vineyard. Oh, no, no, Samson. I'm sure he had been told a hundred times, a thousand times. No, mom, mom, no, you can't go in the vineyard, Samson. That's not for you because you have a special calling of God in your life. Remember, you're long here. You don't look like all the other kids because you have a special calling of God in your life. Remember, since a child, he didn't start this when he was an adult. His entire life he had lived this way. He had been trained carefully, but somewhere along the way, he decided that he could do what he wanted to do and do it his way instead of God's way. Why? Because somewhere along the way, the culture of the day, doing that which is right in his own eyes. Oh, he was more holy than most people. He was more separated than most people in those days. But he walked the line, walking the line. He walks the line by retrieving the honey out of the lion's dead body. Oh, but I didn't touch the dead body. Technicalities. Right. Ever have your children do that? You know, I'll, uh, I'll never forget this. I uh, was talking to uh, a mother in the Christian school, and uh, her child was uh, loved to just go by technicalities. You tell him not to do something, but yet he would do it, but not technically wasn't doing it. And I just asked her, well, that's just how he thinks, you know. All children think this way. Anyway, that's just how he thinks. Yeah, because I told him one time to, uh, to not, uh, he kept uh, o- opening and, and uh, slamming the garage door, and, and I told him not to touch the garage door again. And so then I watched him the next day, and he's out there. He's opening and closing the garage door, but he's using a baseball bat. He's not touching it and everything. That's just how he, oh, he really thought that he hadn't done anything wrong. I said, did you spank that child? They know what they're doing. Not touching it. Amen. Well, that's just how. No. That's disobedience. Trust me. I got three of them that do it. Well, I'm not technically doing it. They don't do it very often. No, Philip's like, no, Dad, I don't. I don't do it. No, No, but we have a temptation to do that, don't we? That's in our nature. Well, technically... You know, if we have to sit there and we have to convince ourselves, well, technically, no, if, if we have to use the word technically, well, you know, this might be okay, then you shouldn't be doing it. It becomes doubtful. It becomes, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing that, and whatever is not of faith is what? And maybe it's not sinful. It's sinful for you because you're not 100% convinced that God is going to receive glory from it. Amen. So if it's doubtful, Right? What Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said, if it's doubtful, wash the shirt. If it's doubtful, throw it out. You know, those extreme fundamentalists. No, because we should be more concerned about walking with God than making ourselves happy. And by the way, making walking with God and having a real relationship with the Lord and being right will bring such joy and peace and happiness to your life much more than that thing could ever bring you. 
He didn't tell his parents. So, oh, what a lesson we can learn here. We should never be engaged in something that someone might misunderstand. Amen. What if, do you think people saw Samson in that vineyard? So what is a Nazarite doing in the vineyard? Hmm. That's interesting. But, by the way, everybody in Israel knew. Now, were there Jews in Timnath? Probably not. He remember this vineyard was in the Philistine land where no one could see him. Right? No one could see him there. But what if someone had? Would they have misunderstood why Samson was there? Well, obviously his parents would have misunderstood. That's why he didn't tell him. We should never come as close as we can to sin, yet not sin. Did Samson sin here? No. He didn't. Technically, he didn't. Because God didn't take the Nazarite vow away from him. He did not say that, take his strength away. We know that. Technically, he said, well, see. Ha. See, preacher, prove my point. I can walk right there, and I'm fine. See, I'm not sinning. Can I just tell you something? But one day, Samson stepped over the line, didn't he? All because, and by the way, we're going to see that this stepping to the line gets worse. In the next passage, we see that the we said, man, he killed a thousand people. Do you know why he killed a thousand Philistines? Because he was angry. That's why. He was having revenge. There was nothing spiritual about it. He was just plain, simple anger and revenge. Then he goes out on top of a rock and sulks. This is a spiritual man, supposedly. And then what happens after that? He goes into a prostitute. And it gets worse. And we know how the story goes. So don't say it worked out for Samson walking the line. Didn't work out for him. We can look at this, and I, can, I would be 100% sure in this. When we get to heaven and we see Samson, and said, oh, if there's one thing I could tell people, don't walk the line like I did. Because what ended up with Samson? Samson ended up having his strength gone, his separation from God, all that God had planned for him gone, eyes the gouge out, and turning the grinding wheat like a mule, like a animal and a laughing stock to the lost world but did God let him have his revenge on or say avenging of what had been done to him and on Israel yes he did but I don't think it was God's plan for him to die with all those Philistines in the temple of Dagon I don't think God intended that so tonight don't walk the line take let's take a lesson here if there's anything in your life, not only just young people, but husband and wives are the things that are going on in your relationships that you don't, oh, I didn't tell my wife about that, or I didn't tell my husband about that, because they're going to misunderstand. You know, they're going to misunderstand. You know, my wife's going to misunderstand that website I went to. So I just, I just you know, skip it, you know. You know, they're going to misunderstand, you know, the, you know, I went to the, the office party. You know, my husband's probably not going to like it that they had drink in there. But I don't have to mention that part. Oh, yeah, we had a good time. He didn't ask, so I didn't say anything. Such a thing is a sin of omission. Amen. It's lying just the same. I omitted it. So tonight, so was Samson sinning? Yes, he was sinning by the sin of omission.
didn't tell his parents because my parents wouldn't understand, you know. People really haven't changed. We had to look back at this. This was like 4,000 years ago. Teens haven't changed or young people haven't changed at all. My mom and dad, they won't get, they don't understand. Oh, they understand all, understood all too well. You know what? You know what our kids forget, Brother Scott, that we were kids once? You know, right? They forget, they forget that, Carrie, don't they? They forget that. Right, Mrs. Harvey? They forget. Grandkids, they forget that you were, you were a young person once too. You know, oh, grandma, you know, so stuffy, right? They forget, Brother Hammond. They, they forget that, that you were young people once too. And the same temptations and the same things, they just take a little bit different form. They're still the same things. So that's why we are wise if we listen. We're going down a road that we think is perfectly fine, and then we hear a warning from mom and dad or from grandma and grandpa or an older person said, hey, you know what? I went down that road too. Just be careful of this. Just be careful. We're not telling you, well, you're a horrible, wicked, nasty, heathen person. Well, you know, just think about this. You maybe need to be careful about that. Well, me? I don't need to worry about such things. Those things happen to other people. You know what those other people say? Oh, that would never happen to me. And they wish they had listened. So that's why we listen to wisdom. Amen. We love the law of the Lord. We look at life through this. We don't lean to our own understanding, but we trust in the word of God. Let's pray. Dearly Father, I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I pray, dear Lord, that we not walk the line. It's a temptation we all face.